Welcome to the Beginner Audiophile Show, where we bridge the gap between the clueless big box stores and the snobby stereo shops. Every show is filled with gear reviews, commentary, and interviews aimed to find out what makes a real-world difference in your listening experience, how to get the most bang for your buck, and frankly, how to begin experiencing your music in the way it was intended. And now, your co-hosts, Dr. Paul Anderson and Michael O'Neill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Beginner Audiophile. Hello, everyone. Uh, It's Michael O'Neill here in sunny San Diego. Uh, I'm without Dr. Paul Anderson once again, but we have a very special show because only one other time on this show have we had uh, an interview show, and that was with the legendary Andrew Jones. And today I get to chat with a gentleman I met at that same conference at CES in Las Vegas. Uh, Not only one of the uh, experts on photography in the world, but is a fellow audiophile nerd like uh, ourselves. And he and I uh, definitely relate in how can we get the best bang for the buck for you know not spending a ton of money and getting great quality sound. He is none other than Mr. Harris Fogel himself. Hello, Harris. Hi, Michael. How are you? Dude, I'm good. And you know, if this were 24 hours later, we could do this in person because I will be in Orange County tomorrow. But I have a packed day, so I couldn't pull it off. But here we are. Yeah. You know, it's cool. We're, we're, we're a couple of tech folks. You've got a bunch of tech stuff you've done throughout your career, but you and I connected on um, some audiophile nerd stuff. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about your journey into the audiophile world and, and what you're using now that you really like and, you know, what you're digging. I know you and I both have the Oppo Sonica DAC in common. I don't know if you still have it at your house. I still have mine. But um, I'm curious about your, your take on it and then everything else in the audiophile world. So, hello. Hi. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I should say we're both, at least I'm a native Californian. Are you a native Californian, Michael? Mm-mm. I'm a more of a native Philadelphian than a native Californian. And um, I'm exiled to Philadelphia right now for my teaching position. So, <laughs> right. so, so it feels good to be back in Southern California in Anaheim and hear the news reports about the Orange Crush traffic. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right? <laughs> Which every, every Southern California lives by. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, when we started talking in um, Las Vegas about audio gear, we started by talking about kind of priorities. And um, so when I was a kid, you know, literally junior high school, I had a big mono speaker and a mono Harman Kardon amp that my parents had and didn't want anymore. And then we had a couple of, you know, we had one of those big giant green systems with a Gerard turntable and a Fisher amp and a couple of big speakers. Is it like and in I, the big piece of furniture? Like yeah, where the record yeah. players built into it and stuff? Yeah, it's yeah, green. Cool. And if we had it today with some green shag carpeting, man, we'd be just, yeah. you know, it'd be the perfect decoration. But but so I started to learn about audio, and I had been doing electrical work and electronic work since I was in almost elementary school, mm. starting with 4-H, believe it or not. So, I, but I didn't have any money, so I had to, <laughs> I had to figure out some way to listen to the latest Stones album, you know, like Exile on Main Street, with no money, and um, and that led me to start meeting people in the audio world. And the thing was, I didn't meet the people in the audio world through audio. It's because I originally wanted to be an astronomer. So I used to go to these Orange County Astronomical Association uh, meetings. And I was, you know, we're talking 
10, 12 years old. Um, and I started to meet these people in the, that were into audio. So I, that's where I got my first Dynaco you know, preamp and rebuilt it. And then I got a, another amp and learned how to rebuild it. Then mm. I thought, I thought, well, like, I could just build a speaker, right? I mean, how hard could it be? I saw speakers in, car, in windows of audio sh- auto shops. So I ended up going to a place called Henry Radio in Anaheim. And it had high-end gear. You know, so, so for the first time, you know, I saw these speakers that were, first of all, thousands of dollars. And I had like 20 bucks. And, but it was a real education. You know, I got to listen to, for instance, to the um, Lincoln Walsh Ohm Acoustics, which was this revolutionary speaker with a single large cone that radiated in 360 degrees. And which, by the way, was just brought back in the last year. So, um so, and that's also the beginnings of DBX, and also the first year you had actually good sounding cassette decks. It was a Tanberg, you know? Yeah. And then you had Nakamichi cassette decks, right? So, and then there were Macintosh gear and stuff like that, and Advent. And so, I, by the time I was in junior high school, I traded a photo shoot for some ad, smaller Advents um, and um, the plastic white ones. And, and so, turning into listening to music. You know, was fueled in part by not having any money to spend on it because my parents, you know, would buy me books, of course, but never the money for music was like forget it. So, uh, so that's kind of where I came from. And then what, when I was how, in college, can I ask how old you, know, you are? Actually, like, well, hold on a second. So I'm I'm 45. So what was your where were you in your era? Like in the 80s when everyone cassettes were there? We just transferred to CDs and what like 86, 87. Well, I graduated I graduated high school in 77. Okay, so you're about yeah, you're about so, ten years older. So, so you had a tra- a different yeah, transition. Yeah. You were sort of you were you were an adult by the time CDs came along. I was, and right. in fact, yeah. um, I used to I, I used to go to Caltech every Saturday for the Caltech Saturday Science Program, and that's where I started to get the rudiments of digital audio. And part of that was one day there was a demonstration of a big Studer you know, multi-track recorder, and then the new Sony PCM adapter for a Betamax. So Sony had this adapter um, that you put on a Betamax, and it turned it into a digital audio recorder. Um, In my way of thinking now, a spectacularly bad digital audio recorder. But, you know, digital audio was... You know, it was it was God's milk, right? There was no distortion. Supposedly, you could record everything from a whisper to a jet engine at one time. Um, there was no, you never played back the medium, so you never played back the vinyl. You played back only the content, and of course, it was perfect sound forever, as one of the magazines said. And um, and I remember they had these blind tests, of which the digital lost every time. Mm, right, <laughs> Just, right. I mean, totally lost, right? And and when I when I used to talk about digital imaging, kind of how bad it is compared to other, you know, like to film, for instance, especially for the first fifteen years of its existence, I have a Philip Glass album um, called Glassworks, and then I have it on CD, and then it was so bad they reissued it in analog to CD, Isn't because. Yeah, it's really interesting because you can hear this like shimmer, like this snare drum following the music, and that original release was recorded with that Betamax combination, from my understanding, and it was so bad they used the analog backup to remaster the CD, which finally sounded good. Um, so, so anyway, you know, then I, I went off to college, Michael, and um, 
And I went to Humboldt State, met my wife, and and, um, and I needed at that point an amplifier, and um, and I wanted a good stereo, you know. So two things happened. One is I had an exhibition of my photography, and some students drilled holes in two of my prints. Mm. So, so, wow, you know when you have it right. So when you have an exhibition, you have to insure the work, right? You fill out a little form, you know. And I put down like a thousand dollars a print, right? Because you know, yeah. Why not, sure. right? You know, yeah. So, uh, and I forgot about it. You know, I remember I pulled a 24-hour shift to reprint those and get them on the wall before the reception. And then about a year later, I get this check for like $1,600 or $1,500 or something from the state of California. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Say what? And uh, so, <laughs> I went down to the local stereo store and I said, hey, what can I get for this, you know? And of course, I should have paid my, my tuition, but uh, but you know, and I asked my dad. He said, "Well, you know, <laughs> I already paid your tuition, so so uh, so I went down to the store in Eureka, California, and uh, and they had a pair of Polks, these brand new big Polk speakers, and we took them home, and they sounded okay, but not great. And then he told me, he said, "You know, I got speakers for a grower, because you know Humboldt County." Yeah, sure. Famous agriculture. So this grower had gotten busted, and the store had ordered these, you know, BMWs, these beautiful monitors called DM22s, you know, and they're beautiful, you know, three driver, you know, beautiful speakers with plinths and everything, and they were like a fortune. But the grower got busted, and he got stuck with these speakers, and he had no customers, so they sold it to me for whatever I had from the state. So so now I had good speakers, but I had a really crappy rest of the system. And then my wife, you know, she grew up in Burbank. She went to Burbank, and a friend of mine, um, who's this incredibly brilliant designer, said, you know, he was working in, in uh, Northridge at the time, or around Northridge, and said, hey, you know, there's this company, Great American Sound, and they're going out of business. They're bankrupt, and they're selling all the stuff really cheaply. Hmm. And um, and if you remember, Great American Sound is kind of this legendary name in audio because the designer was a guy named James Bongiorno, who then went on to create Sumo and other things. And he created an amp called the Ampsilla, which is originally, um, I think it was in Popular Mechanics, maybe, huh. or Popular Science. And you would, it was, you, you build it yourself. And then finally, people got tired of building it themselves, and they offered kits, kind of like Dynaco. And then finally... They sold finished components. And then Bongiorno was a very flamboyant guy, didn't get along with everybody. He left the company. These other guys took it over, and then it went bankrupt. So my wife went there and picked up a really beautiful preamp. Um, actually, their budget preamp, which Bongiorno said sounded better than his high-end preamp, and it was called a Thalia. And I think it was like 150 bucks, you know, which I could kind of do. And then I needed an amp. And so at the time... Haffler, David Haffler, this legendary name in audio, who was responsible for all these kind of fantastic, you know, designs, he started a company also with kits, and he had an amplifier called the Haffler, it was a Haffler amp, and um, and you built it from a kit, and I built it for a few hundred dollars, and then I picked up a, a Luxman turntable that the grower had ordered and couldn't pick up because he was doing time. And uh, so uh, so I got this little system put together, and then I started to really learn audio and started to design, you know, start to work with crossovers and 
kind of modifying and even modified early CD players. So that's kind of my journey into like audio, hmm. except that when I went away to graduate school in New York, I couldn't bring anything. Right. So it all was boxed up. So when I got to New York, can, can, I, can, I, can, I pause you? Revolution. can I pause you for one second? You mentioned yeah. earlier that you, yeah. um, you, you picked up these speakers. I, I, think, I think they were the Polks, and they sounded good but not great. How, yeah. did, you, how did you know? How did you know what good sounded like versus great? Well, by then I'd been around enough really good audio gear to kind of get a sense of you know, I think it's kind of like it makes your spine tingle a little bit, like it's believable. And what I realized with these big polks was that I could, it sounded like the sound was coming from the speakers, not like that the instruments were in the room. Okay. And it was subtle because these are good speakers. You know, yeah, these were not yeah. like, you know, but it was subtle. But yeah, you got that sense of you're listening to a piece of equipment rather than, right? How much can be cured with the, the speaker set? Versus the, the speaker itself. You know what I mean? Oh, I think a lot. I think, like, you know, you could you could do all kinds of room conditioning. But, you know, like, I was a, you know, I was a 20-year-old kid in a, in, a, in a rental apartment. Right. I couldn't do anything. You know, I couldn't, I could move them around a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know, hey, I had a beanbag and I could move it to the other room. But, you know, there wasn't a whole lot in terms of audio conditioning, you know. Well, so you kind of had to live with it. What about the... Know, and, well, what do you think the best way for someone who's a beginner to, to start training their ears? Well, I think it's kind of like you shouldn't notice the equipment. I mean, look at you're a, you're a, you love cars. Yeah. You love Porsches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you notice a car really when things aren't working well. Like when you get into a car that's operating well, there's a point where you forget about the car and you forget about the gears and you forget about the tires and suspension and you're not thinking about the shock absorbers or the anti-roll bars. You're just driving and you're just like yeah. letting your senses overtake you, right? But when you get in a car and you hear a little bit of squeal, <laughs> you're going, hey, what's going on with that brake? Or you hear a little bit of noise. You go, what's going on with the differential? Or yeah. is that front tire scrubby? So I think it's the same thing. I think if you're a beginner, you know, it's it's got to sound, first of all, it's got to sound like music and not like equipment. Do you think that you could go in, because I think, you know, not everywhere, certainly, they've, they're, they're much more few and far between now, but do you think you could walk into a, like a Magnolia at Best Buy or a high-end audio shop and say, look, this, I'm new to this, I really want to experience amazing sound, can you, can you play something for me on some of your gear so I can understand what good sound sounds like? Because the thing is, I don't think people even have a, an idea of what, until they experience it, until it feels like an experience, I don't even know that they know what they're missing at all. Yeah, well, I think it's. I think you're right, and I think it's a really, um, it's really difficult because there is no place to go an audition, and the Magnolia store with a store, you know, let's face it, the best way to listen to this is to kick back, bring your favorite album, maybe have a glass of wine, and then to listen to the same track on different speakers are different pieces of equipment right right that's really hard and it sure as hell impossible to do if you're looking at amazon that's right well one thing I do, I do though is i'll bring a usb stick with me and i'll bring obviously my phone with a way to interface with it so at the very least 
I can have high-res files on a USB stick. So if I can give it to them and they can plug it in. This is at Magnolia or any high-end stereo shop. And you can just Google stereo shop. And there's going to be a few hidden gems in your, you know, within an hour of you, hopefully. Or you can use Tidal or something like that and stream, as you know, maybe some of the masters or higher-res files right from Tidal. Um, you could do what we've talked about before, which is to bring a... Um, uh, Dragonfly, you know, like a Audio Quest Dragonfly or something with you. So you can at least from the source, you know, you're getting a good source file. You know, I can't believe when I go into a stereo store and they start playing me MP3 files. That, that makes, I don't understand that at all. No, that's kind of a stunner. But I think, I think you get to the, where my journey was is that, so I finally get to grad school. And I can't bring any equipment. So that forces me to get a CD player and a set of headphones, right? Mm. And at the time, um, Philips, who was one of the originators of the format, they owned Magnavox. And so all the audiophiles realized you could buy these incredibly well-made, you know, Philips CD players for 99 bucks in California under the Magnavox label. So... Everybody and their brother and sister were out buying these $100 CD players that really kicked ass and took names mm. from $1,200 Sony players. So I went to New York and I had this, you know, because I couldn't have speakers because we were three of us sharing a loft. Um, and um, so I had a set of headphones. And so I started to really start to understand, you know, how good headphones could be, or in that case, how bad they could be because the amp, the headphone amp wasn't very good. The the CDs really sounded terrible. I mean, like, they're grating. They give you headaches. But it did point the future. And then when I moved back to California for years, I did have a nice system. Um, and then and I was working as a photo editor, and, and I was teaching in, in Palm Springs area. And then when I went, finally, when I went back to start teaching 21 years ago in Philadelphia, well, I had a one-year-old. So I mm. couldn't unpack my turntable. <laughs> and I wasn't about to leave the speakers where they could punch them. So I ended up really shelving the whole audiophile thing. I mean, I just, you know, I put it on a shelf. And I just, you know, I just kind of listened to music and enjoyed the music. But, and I used to tell people, I think I told you this, but I tell people, my name is Harris F, and I used to be an audiophile, you know, like mm. a new 12-step program for audiophiles. Right. But, but what that meant was, I was kind of fortunate, because around that time, we suddenly had good DACs, like you mentioned. For a couple hundred bucks, you could get a DAC. That was fantastic. And for a hundred or two hundred bucks, you could get headphones or earphones that were amazing. And then suddenly, you had the rise of people like HD tracks or, you know, high-res acoustics or... Society of Sound from Peter Gabriel, and you had these spectacular remasterings. Mm. So for you know three four hundred dollars, you could just have audio that you could never have dreamed of years ago. Yeah, and also it was kid proof. So for me, it was like you know it wasn't you know I wasn't spending money I didn't have that should have been going to being a good father. At the same time. You know, I, I was able to really listen to music, and then that led to me coming back into the fold, you know, kind of hardcore, reviewing music and technology and attending all the conferences and, you know, reading the white papers and really trying to understand what was going on. And and the other thing, Michael, is that it coincided with my work as a curator and a photo historian because, you know, the archivist in me thinks that when you remaster 
an unknown John Lennon track, you're doing the cultural world this huge service, aside from whether you like the music, aside from profits. I mean, you're preserving history. Mm. And that That's little an dragon way fly to look like at you. It. Well, you know, really, yeah. you know, think about it, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. You, what about the dragonfly? Well, you know, that's like you can get DACs starting at sixty dollars, right? Even less. That are pretty amazing. You yeah, know, you've got you've got AudioQuest, you've got Audio Engine. Oppo makes a killer one. I mean, everybody makes a DAC, and all of them, for the most part, sound really good, and they're all totally affordable. You know, I mean, fifty, sixty dollars, I think, is pretty affordable. Yeah. Um, and you're listening right now, and I'm listening to a new company called One More. Yeah. And and I'm listening to these quad drivers, which are actually balanced armatures combined with a dynamic driver. And it's like $200, and that's their flagship model. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have the triple. I, I have the triple drivers that I adore. I love them. Um, wow, this is really weird. Uh, this is so weird. On my computer right now. I was just looking for an, an, an article on something that I wanted to ask you about, and I'm on Max Surfer's Headline News, and then uh-huh. in the Reviews, How-To, Tutorials, Tips section, I'm just scrolling through, and one of them is uh, Review, One More Quad Driver, In-Ear Headphones from Forbes at 2.51 p.m. That is really <laughs> crazy. But anyway, I had the One More Triple Ears, and we've, we reviewed them here on the show in an earlier episode. These, are, these guys are San Diego-based, so I drove up to their offices. They showed me their stuff and said, here. And we just gave away a pair of their, uh, their earbuds not too long ago. And I have their triple drivers that I adored. I couldn't believe how good they were. And then I saw them over at um, the NAM show, the, the music show. And those were the number one rated... Uh, in-ear, in the world. They beat all the big ones, all the clips and all that stuff. They beat them. They're a tiny little company. So I can only imagine how good the quads are. They're probably fantastic. The quads are interesting because, um, and I was talking to Ari, who's you know their chief yeah. publicist, yeah. and and he said, what do you think? I said, well, to be honest with you, I didn't really like them. Um, oh, because when I first played them, they were really bass-heavy. They were kind of muddy and overly bassy. Mm-hmm. But then after about two or three weeks... They sound fantastic. And mm. he said, yeah, he said they require a long kind of break-in. And I have a lot of issues with break-in because it seems to me to be total happenstance. Like mm. maybe one unit breaks in another, you know. But I can say with the quads, once they broke in, they're really lovely. And they don't sound like multiple drivers, which sometimes you can kind of tell there's crossover distinctions. You know, it seems really bright, but the bass is, you know, these sound really natural, but it hmm. took a few weeks to get them natural, and now they're fantastic. And they're, the build quality is a little higher, Michael. You know, they have Kevlar-reinforced cables, and um, they're they're finished beautifully. And the, the thing that I find interesting about them is how much money and care and attention they put into packaging. Oh, my God. I couldn't go on enough about how great their packaging was. It's and in some so ways, good. it doesn't really—it doesn't really matter, right? Like we ultimately we put the box on the shelf, but I think from the moment you pick up one of their products, it does—it does not feel like you're getting a bargain. It feels like you're just picking up a really high-end, beautifully designed, beautifully considered design statement. Considered is the right word because when you look at that packaging, you say, "If this is how much effort they put into this, I can't imagine how much they put into the actual product." It was a—it was an Apple-like experience, is how I said it. 
in terms of the, the I, consideration, if not more. Yeah, it was beautiful. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, you have, what, three or four different sizes of ear tips, and then you have them both rubber and, and foam. And the, the carrying case is not some little pouch. It's a beautiful leather with a magnetic pouch, a magnetic clasp, yeah. you know? It's like a hard shell thing. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. And so, I like their, they, and, you know, they have new ones, too, that have an, uh, an inline DAC. I haven't seen those yet. Yeah, so they have a they have a lightning version of those earbuds now or they were soon they were announcing them that have an inline DAC like the like the uh, Dragonfly. So you just plug them right in, you have amazing sound out of the gates. Wow. Yeah, and I'll tell That's... you the other thing that I really loved is they're the only company or one of the two rather that actually included uh, a microphone in their in their cable. And I'm like, thank you for paying attention to what how people are going to use these. You know? Yeah, I, I think I think you know you were mentioning Oppo, and I'm a great Oppo fan, and yeah, you know Jason Lau is with Oppo. He's probably the nicest guy in the entire world. Uh, but Oppo, you know, for your listeners that don't know who they are, they're an offshoot of a giant Chinese cell phone company, and um, and and the way it worked was. Um, the founder of that company is friends with the man who founded Oppo Digital, the audio. And basically, they said, he said, I'd like to build these products. And his friend said, okay, just don't lose any money. <laughs> and so they originally set out to make a DVD player and with really superior you know, video. But along the way, they ended up getting this reputation as this unbelievably good-sounding player like it beat the pants off of thousands of dollars more expensive you know players and so suddenly everybody was saying oppo is somebody to watch and and these were four hundred dollars right the original oppo yeah. dvd players like 450 bucks so they were really pretty reasonable and they were pretty amazing and so as they started to get this reputation in the audio world, they came out with a higher-end model. Then they came out with a modification for that, and you know, a special edition. And then they came out with Blu-ray players. And one of them, the 105, which is a universal, you know, a place everything you can imagine, had a built-in headphone amp and, I mean, really superb. Man, hey, Michael, you know, we'd walk into a room with a half a million dollar stereo system, and here'd be this thousand dollar Oppo 105 at the heart of the whole thing, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm a huge Oppo fan. I think I think for like the budget audiophile, the beginner, this stuff is unbelievably well built, beautifully considered. Video and audio is incredible. And then you're playing with their new DAC, right? The yeah, I have the Sonica, and I and I love it. I loved. Speaking of experience, I pulled it out of the box. I plugged it in. I fired. I downloaded their app, and it instantly synced up with it. I was playing music within four minutes, and I thought it was fantastic. And so, for me, for whether or not you your uh, receiver, I mean, maybe you have a receiver that doesn't have any of the modern tools on it. You can you can stream title right to your old analog receiver if you want to. I loved it. I just think I thought the experience was great. Well, you know, it kind of represents a rethinking of how we listen to music. You know, if you think about it, the average person, whether they're you know a high schooler or an audiophile, they're not buying optical discs, and 
a, a small percentage are buying vinyl, mm. and you know you never know if people are buying vinyl because of the ritual or because of the sound quality, but it's usually some combination of both. And um, so most people, you know, they don't have they don't have the need for an optical drive, and so the Sonica is interesting because you know it it really requires that app to be used, right? But if you have the app. You can you could get stuff from your NAS device through yep. DNLA. You can get stuff through Tidal. You can get stuff through an auxiliary input. Um, I plugged in a USB hard drive with a terabyte of music on it, and without even a hitch, it it read all the files faster <laughs> than my computer could read them, um, and played them all beautifully. Um, it's firmware updatable, and they've issued a couple of important firmware updates, um, and it it has probably the best DAC chip money can buy right now is Sabre, ESS Sabre Pro series. I mean, yeah. it's superb. I mean, you know, you can't, you know, you can't touch the stuff, you know. Yeah. I loved it. I, my uh, co-host Paul was a little harsher on it, but he's kind of a, you know, he's a he's a stickler. And I just thought, gosh, for the for the money, this thing is an incredible this is an incredible piece of kit, as the Brits like to say. I just thought it was great. Um, well, yeah. you know, some of the people who've criticized it have said, you know, the display should have been higher quality or more resolution. But, you know, to be really honest with you, who cares? You're not looking at the display. You're looking at your phone or your tablet. That's how you control it, you know? And you're listening to the music, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. And, and, and you know, it, but it, it's interesting because it's, kind of it's kind of retro in that scenario, right? It has analog output it doesn't have multi-channel you know that's my only wish is i wish there was a multi-channel version right but um, right you know but but you know when you think about it yeah you could you could plug this thing into a a preamp an amp and that's all you need Done. i mean you've got this incredibly potent system yeah i agree um if you had let's say i don't know 1500 bucks and you were like i want to get some you know i, I don't know a ton about this stuff uh, I'm gonna get something that sounds great. Where do you where do you start? Where do you go with that? Okay, so if I okay, so you got nothing. Let's say I had to. I had nothing. First of all, I'd have to have a decent music player. So if you're using your phone or you know a computer, then you can just get a DAC. But if you're not using your phone or a computer, then you need a music player. And right now, I'm using the Astellan Kern. AK Junior, which runs, I think, about four hundred dollars or something. They're, you know, and it's, you know, unbelievably good audio quality. Plus, it works as a DAC. Spell and that. Will you, will you spell companies that? like? Will you spell Astellan Kern? Yeah. What is it? Yes, A S T E L L ampersand K E R N. Okay. And they're actually located in Irvine, and oh, cool. um, and they're an interesting company because they came kind of came out of nowhere. Um, they're only a few years old. But their music players are now considered among the best in the world, and they start like this is the bottom line. It's about three or four hundred dollars, I think now, and they go up to like twenty five hundred bucks. And they're they look like pieces of sculpture. They're like angular aluminum with tend to be geometric sharp edges, and um, audio wise, they're just astounding. But so this, you load this that is thing the up. AK Junior, you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. AK Junior. It's two two sixty nine right now. See that's it's Which come down in price, yeah, unbelievable bargain. And you could load up, you know, 128 gig, I think, um, SD micro SD card, pop okay. it in, and then you need some earphones and or headphones. So for for headphones, 
you know, I think the Oppo planar magnetic PM3s, which are incredibly good, they're closed back, they won't disturb your neighbors, they'll block out sound on a flight. They run about, I think, $400. For 700 bucks right there, you've got one of the best audio systems you can imagine. Okay. Um, for earphones, um, you could look at the One Moors, either the single drivers for 100 the tri- triple drivers for 100 bucks or the quad drivers for 200 or um, one of my favorite earphones and of course ones that set the standard is Etymotic, um E-T-Y-M-O-T-I-C which actually created the whole in-your-ear earphone mm. um, design and they just upgraded their flagship models which are called the, X, the um, ER4 and they have two models they have a slightly bottom base warmer one called the SR and they have an XR and an SR and those things run I think under 300 but they're they're world earphones I mean, okay I mean they've always been world class um, you know most of the people who make these earphones are all riffing off their original design mm. um, but but that just came out in a revamp model after 20 years or something and they're superb okay um, so those are all solid. Of course, Audio Technica makes some great headphones. And I mean, gosh, the, M- the so M50s, right? The, M- the M50s for $150 are good. People love those, like, yeah. And <laughs> unreal. The only, the only thing I can say that I, I find a little confusing is, you know, the high-resolution audio world, you know, came out with a logo created by Sony that says high-res on it. Yeah. And it's supposed to signify a device that meets high-resolution standards. But it's kind of silly because every single piece of equipment that's any good meets the standards. And they stick the same label on turntables, which technically mm. you could argue whether they meet those standards. Right. So I would tell consumers if you see that little gold logo, it's kind of cool, but don't not get a piece of great equipment because you don't see the logo. You know, okay. it, but it, you know? Yeah. And let's see. And then what else? Let's see. For speakers. Yeah, I was going to say, what if we did not headphones? What if we did uh, like a, well, a, a two-channel setup at home? Okay. So the British manufacturer, Wharfdale, has this great set of diamond speakers, which are kind of classics. And they're, once again, entry-level, a couple hundred dollar speakers. But, you know, there's a neighbor of ours right over here in Southern California, led by Andrew Jones and Chris Walker. Yeah. And they took a German back. And they have created like some incredibly good products for you know thrift store prices, right? Yeah. And you you met you interviewed Andrew. Yeah, we've definitely who, talked about those guys as well. Uh, Elac, all, yeah. all the way up and down the line, from the two fifty ones to the five hundred dollar ones, and now the twenty five hundred dollar ones that are going to be amazing. But you know those things are fantastic. Yeah. You know? So I, I I honestly think that you know, and then let's see. Elac makes a killer integrated amp um, for how much? Do you know how much that is? I haven't seen there. I think I've seen the amp, but I haven't. Um, let's let's look at it. Amp. I'm gonna have a look right now. I don't now. think it's too expensive, but it's, well, it's whole, really it's, beautifully uh, sounding. That's the element. It looks like, and it's seven hundred bucks. Right. So right there for a thousand bucks, you could have a pair of really wonderful speakers, either their debuts, yep. or the the uh, concentric driver models. Yeah, the, the uni- and Unify, amp, and they're great. You know? And then, you know, Peachtree Audio has this huge reputation for great-sounding, inexpensive components. Yep. Um, and, you know, so... We did, uh, so, early on, we did the PS Audio Sprout uh, paired to a pair of the debuts. 
Uh, and that was a fun little two-channel setup as well. I actually have that in my bedroom as we speak. <laughs> and that's good. <laughs> Just to get in the door, right? You do that, yeah. and you grab a little... You know, that has Bluetooth that I don't love on it. I would use the Sonica over that. Um, but I love the idea of the ELAC element. I have not tried that out yet. We should see if we can get a copy of that to review. Oh, I think it's it's a superb, superb small system. And the other thing is that AptX is starting to finally, you know, and, and for our listeners that don't know what AptX is, it's spelled A-P-T-X. Oh, A-P-T-X, um, yes, it's, it is. That's funny because yeah. I just installed one of those in my car, an A-P-T-X right. Bluetooth They're, player. It's amazing. Right. And so, so AptX is a audio codec that... Um, allows for basically lossless transmission over Bluetooth, because Bluetooth is terrible for audio. Terrible. Even the most current Bluetooth is terrible for audio. It just sounds cruddy. So what Aptex does is if you have an Aptex source, like even your phone automatically have Aptex, it'll turn on if it senses Aptex headphones mm. or an Aptex Bluetooth receiver. So um, if you get products with Aptex, I mean, suddenly wireless starts to sound pretty good. Yeah. And you know... Um my, I, you can actually go to the, it was developed by Qualcomm, and you can go to the Qualcomm, if you just search for Qualcomm APTX, it will actually take you to their website, and it'll show you the current products that have APTX built in, which is really cool. And so, one thing about yeah. this ELAC is that it has APTX built. I didn't know that, by the way, and that, that would be a decision maker for me. Um, what if you had three grand? Where would you go? Oh man, I, I think it opens up considerably because I think you can start getting into some just like real world class sound for for about yeah, three I think, grand. I think where also you you drive yourself nuts. You know, there's this old saying that if you want to really, you know, piss off a relative when you die, you leave him like ten grand because ten grand sounds like a lot of money. And if you spend, if you use it, let's say, pay off your credit card, it doesn't feel like you used it for anything. Right. And if you use it to buy a car, suddenly you owe another twenty grand. <laughs> so, right. 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 So, right. And then you don't want to just blow it, right? So a lot of people, like ten grand, it, it you can't get out of the will, but you drive people crazy because they don't know how to spend it without feeling like they misused it. Right. So I think that I think that like three grand in audio, it's like okay, now you can go I gotta really too. This one through. I know, but you can so newer. You can you can mix it with new and used because people have access to eBay and they have access to Craigslist and. And audio gone and things like that. So, like, where would you go? What are some of the... Because you've been in this game a lot longer than me. I'm still on the beginner audiophile side. You know, I know enough to to make a nice system now, but you've got history on your side that I don't. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not... I'm not buying and selling that kind of gear so i'm thinking i'm more on the understanding of the technology technological ramifications okay. yeah. but you know michael the one thing that i have not owned in a long time is any tube gear mm. so there is a company <laughs> with the um name shit audio that's right and we'll of course i'm not cursing yeah it's kind of a german style german. smart ass american name, story right? american company <laughs> right and it's sch I-T-T? Is that That's it? Right. Or I-I-T? Yep. That's right. With an umlaut, I think. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's founded by some industry veterans who are both complete smartasses, but make some unbelievable gear. And you can buy their killer amps, their headphone amps and DACs for like $100. Yeah. And they make a killer amplifier. So I think 
if I were starting to ramp up, I think that <laughs> you'd you'd be hugely remiss if you didn't look at their offerings, you know, and um, and they make they make things start at a hundred dollars. The other things, you know, is that um, everything is made in America, and yeah. so um, and um, and that's pretty amazing. And if you're interested, if you go to high HeadFi.org, the the website yeah. for earphone um, enthusiasts. That's a nice way of saying it. Um, the the guy who runs um, Shit Audio has written a book with like a chapter a week for the past, I think, now two years, and um, and he skips times. That, but it really is a primer on a small business mm. because he talks about every single thing from getting ripped off by Amazon customers to building codes to building products to how to build something in America versus Europe or China um, to kind of what failed, like the things they built that just didn't work and didn't, didn't meet what they'd hoped for. So um, I would say anybody should read that. It's, it gets geeky at times, but for the most part, it's a really great read about mm. how to start a company. That's and also, cool. you know, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic it's and he's a good writer, you know. Um, he's won you know awards for science fiction writing and stuff. So it's not dry by any means. It's pretty funny, um, but I think their product line is emblematic of people dedicated to a making things in America, but b making great audio at incredibly bargain prices. So I think they're in that pantheon of really superb things. And you know, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to go, Michael, but I hope you are. I hope you're going to pick me up in that little car of yours <laughs> and drive me up to Los Angeles for the LA Audio Show, which is taken over for the Newport show that's happening in June, um, or in a couple of week, week or so. Um, Wait, they're, when, they're, what's the date of that? I might be able oh to. God. I'll, I'll have to look yeah, at that. Yeah, let me look. I thought it was, uh, I, yeah. I, it may have a conflict, but maybe not. If, it's, if I can make it, I'm there. So take a look let's because check that out. I'm worried about my bandwidth. So, um, but yeah, let's but look yeah, right but, now. But, I'll so look their, right now. but their booth is always jammed. I mean, their their room, their suite. Yeah, it's always fun. I should qualify that. Jammed. And, that and is also, a, you know, Mike. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No, we, no, you have to qualify. I, I was just saying. You were saying that you know we don't have stereo stores to kind of go listen to music. Yeah. It's a bit of a geek fest, but if anybody's interested in really like listening and learning, man, just go down to the audio show. They're gonna. It's kind of a weird thing. There's a. There's a. It was called the show. Yes. And it was held in. It was held in Irvine, but it was called the Newport Show. And now the uh, the founder passed away, and his wife, I believe, started another show called the L.A. Audio Show, which is happening in just the next week or two. It is. And then. And then, the, and then the other partner started another version of it that's going to be at the Anaheim Convention Center in the fall. Okay. So this so, is near, it's near so LAX. It's like right in down, or it's in LA. Um, it's uh, June 2nd through the 4th. I will definitely be there. I didn't realize it was going on, but I will definitely get there for at least uh, one or two days. So, yeah, I, I may be okay. able to drive you up there in the, uh, in the Porsche. So we, we should talk. Yeah, so... So I want our listeners to know that if you have a winning lottery ticket and a trust fund, Michael will <laughs> probably kick me out of the car to give you a ride, you know? That's right. So, uh, That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, it's super fun to and go to those shows. When you see some of the equipment there, you might... 
Go ahead. See, the problem is we have a lag, and so when I yeah, this is the deal. This is why it sounds like we're talking over each other. Um, when you go to these shows, it's really cool because you hear you'll hear a hundred systems, and you really get fatigued by the end of the day. But two or three times during the course of the show, somebody will play something, and whoever you're there with, if you happen to be there with somebody, two notes will go by, and you'll instantly look at each other and go, "Whoa." That is incredible. And that's what you're shooting for. They don't all do that. And some of them are very expensive. And you go, meh, and you walk out the door. And then some are not that expensive. And you go, wow, you did a lot for your couple thousand dollars. It's great. It's super but, fun. But, but what's you know what the most fun at that show is? What? There's these couple of guys that rent a suite, okay? And they don't, they're not associated with any companies, they just want to throw a party. So you walk into this suite, the lights are off, they have LEDs glowing. The one I went to had black light, black light art, bad black light art on the walls. They had a huge bathroom full of all hand-picked liquor. That's right. Didn't they have the magna planers last year? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was great. And they just said they save up, and for them, it's like their vacation. And they just throw this three-day party in their suite. It's so And fun. you kick back and listen to music, and competitors, you know, vendors stop by and give them stuff to play. And, yes. And they have, I had, <laughs> I think we were drinking Anisette, uh, not Anisette, um, oh gosh, which is stuff that used to be legal here? Oh, absinthe. <laughs> um, with wormwood in it. Absinthe, absinthe. They had yeah. absinthe, but they had the illegal kind. <laughs> so oh wow! They have the stuff that you can't buy here. That's know? great. So, yeah, I'm not, now by the way, I'm not condoning anything right. illegal, listeners. Right. But yeah, but that was fun. But I, you know, the other thing that was kind of cool was um, that's hilarious. so something happened to me at one of those shows, which kind of forever changed my, my way of thinking about turntables. And you know, there's a piece of software that okay, so you know that the way you play high quality file. Uh, Especially a Mac, because iTunes will not play high-res files. Right. It won't play FAC files, for instance. So you end up using software. You end up using, um, on the Mac, the best deal in the world is Decibel, which... Okay, I don't know that one. Hold on, we've just lost uh, Harris to bandwidth, so hopefully he'll come flying back so I'm in not a hearing second. anything for Wait, a second. there we go. There you are, back again. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So you so said you uh, hear, decibel. I'm not sure if you're decibel. Yeah, decibel is fantastic, and it's a shareware high res music player for the Mac that's cool. kind of bare bones, but it's just it's great. Then you've got other software from you know like one of the most respected, of course, is um, Amara, which is yep. you know a superb you know piece of software, and then you've got um, you know all kinds of other player software. Um, Amara's by Sonic Studios, very we've, respected. We've talked Rune. But you need we've these. talked um, uh, with, uh, Amara. See, I have Amara. We've talked Audirvana. Um, yeah, those right. are some of the ones we've talked about on the show. So, you know, so like if you download these high res files, let's say from HD Tracks or somebody, you have to have software to play them. And right. then, so you play them, right? And so one of the best is called Channel D, and it's out of New Jersey. And, um, and I had, it's a complicated piece of software, and I kind of had a lot of questions about it. And I went to the show in New York, and there, there was Roger Robinson, I think. He wrote the program, and he was playing this, you know, this vinyl that sounded 
better than any vinyl I'd ever heard, you mm. know? And I said, well, what am I hearing? He goes, well, let me tell you what you're hearing. So they had a turntable, right? And it was playing an album, and it had a good cart- great cartridge, of course. You know, they don't mess around. Yeah. And it went to a special preamp, and it was a moving coil preamp, and it was a pure preamp. In other words, it didn't do anything to the audio, okay? And I should explain to our listeners that if you take a turntable and you just plug it into an amp, it sounds terrible. It'll sound very tinny and bright because um, there's a curve that originated years and years ago called the RIAA curve, Recording Industry of America. And they're also the guys known to, you know, arrest downloaders, right? But, um, But the curve... What it does is it changes to frequency output. So when you cut a groove, it brings it back to how it should sound. So it, you know, it, it restores the bass and changes the treble. And every phono preamp in the world has had to meet that curve. Mm. And so the way that you judge a preamp is how accurate it is. Because obviously if they screw it up, it sounds like crap. You know. So, so what Robinson figured out was this... <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was like totally crazy and cool. He, you took the, you took the signal from the turntable. It went to this step up preamp, moving coil preamp. Then it went to another preamp, but the, it was a phono preamp that had no curve. Okay, so it didn't. It ninety nine point nine percent of every phono preamp on the planet has an RIAA curve built into it through you know its audio circuitry. And then it goes to an amplifier, right? Well, this didn't. This went from, um, you know, turntable to moving coil, which steps it up to a, a preamp, right? And that preamp then fed a digital to analog converter, mm. a high-end one, right? Then it went to a Mac Pro. Mm. And, in Mac, and in Mac Pro, his software was doing a couple things. One, it was getting rid of clicks and pops, B, it was applying the RIAA curve to a degree of precision that you could never achieve any other way hmm. in analog world. And then it left <laughs> it left the pre it left the Mac Pro to an amplifier finally to the speakers. So the Mac Pro was doing all this heavy lifting in terms of it was digitally recording the turntable. It was getting rid of clicks and pops if you wanted. And it was applying a curve absolutely perfectly. And, of course, once you recorded that music, Michael, you had that as a digital file. You could put the album away. Um, and I have to say, I, it, was, it was, like, outrageous. I mean, mm. it, was, it, it was sounded so good. <laughs> but it was also a use of technology that I'd never imagined. You know, I never thought – I just couldn't in my mind think of that chain of components. I was going to say, it's very late in the chain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, it's an interesting chain, right? Because yeah. you're, you know, so... But yeah, then if so you, you record do, that, you're getting a way warmer, way bigger soundstage than you would have otherwise, right? It was it was remarkable. It was, it was so huh. alive, you know? Huh. And the other thing about those shows that are nice is that, like, there's big debates about how you record digitally, right? There's the PCM, which is pulse code modulation, which is a standard way everything we use records digital. And then there is the Sony um, direct stream digital, the DSD approach, mm-hmm. and which really fell out of favor for a while. And Part of it was Sony licensing, and part of it was it was difficult to work with those files. But it got resurrected, and there's a couple of people like Cookie Morena, who's 
one of the best engineers in the business, and she has a company called Gold Coast Recordings, right? Well, I met Cookie. Records. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. And there's an NPR story on her if you ever want to Google her. Um, and she records DSD. And so when you go to her boot, her suite, you can hear these DSD recordings. And the best part is the people that record for her per- perform for free at the show. Mm. And they have a big tent set up. And you can hear the artists perform. So, yeah, it's really fun. And if you're a car person, they always seem to have McLarens and other <laughs> yeah, they inexpensive do, cars tossed around. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I will <laughs> say, scars, though, if right? you are anywhere within you know a few hours and you are legitimately thinking, you know, I want to learn about this stuff. Everything we've ever talked about on this show is, there's an example of it at that, uh, at the event. And so whether it's how to set up your speakers correctly, you know, and I would love to get your take on this. I'm definitely gonna have to, we're gonna have to talk more Harris off air and find out like what your schedule is and see what we can work out. (laughs) Cause my, my co-host Paul is becoming increasingly unavailable. So maybe we, you know, we, maybe you and I talk. So, um, but between speaker setup and then, you know, how to make your money go far on maybe on the new and used market. Um, I really want to do a show on vintage stuff. You know, I'm, I'm part of a Facebook group that has all these vintage receivers. And I'm really curious about, well, what if I integrated that into the system? How would it change it? Would it, you know, is it less digital? And I, I hear a lot of people say, man, the old stuff is so much less digital than the new stuff. So there's all these questions I have. Um, but you can get them all answered at those shows. And so I highly recommend if you're in SoCal, it's June 2nd, June 4th at the Sheridan Gateway Hotel. Uh, and just look up laaudioshow.com, laaudioshow.com. Uh, Harris, what's your story? How long are you going to be here in SoCal? So, yeah, so part of the summer um, coming back for is SIGGRAPH, which is S-I-G-G-R-A-P-H. And SIGGRAPH is the granddaddy of art, technology, audio, by the way, a lot of digital audio there. Oh, cool. Um, and animation. And it's going to be um, at the L.A. Convention Center this year. It's pretty amazing experience. Wow, that's big. Fair. They also have um, They also have animation. Um, so I'll be doing that. And um, I'm going to be involved in some photo curation events. And, um, and also, um, you can always listen to or listen to interviews or read reviews at MacEditionRadio.com, which is a site I founded after being on the radio in Philadelphia on WPHT and WPEN. Oh, so I used to listen to WPHT. Yeah, that's so funny. Radio. Yeah, yeah. CBS. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's MacEditionRadio.com. You said so. That's that's, right. that's what that'll bring you back uh, here in a bit. And I just wanted to say thanks so much. You've you've been such a great resource for us. Um, it's, it was cool not only to get a lot of the new stuff, which you dropped a ton of bombs, but to reinforce some of the stuff that we've already talked about, some of the gear recommendations and things like that, you know, makes me makes me as the beginner audiophile feel like we were pointing people in the right direction. So thank you for that. Thank you. And everybody, turn up the music, forget about the equipment, and just um, lose yourself. <laughs> I love it. Hey, guys, uh, thanks so much. Listen to uh, great music, as Harris says. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, beginner audiophile at, on Instagram. Uh, you can write me at beginner audiophile or beginner beginner audiophile at gmail.com. You can track Harris down maceditionradio.com. And are you on Instagram as well, Harris? You know, I'm not. I feel okay. like I get too many emails as it is. It's not the same. It's, it's a different piece of technology, Harris. 
It's I, fun. I want to disconnect from technology. Oh, well. You're, me crazy. You're, you're in the wrong career. Um, all right. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks so much. We will see you next time.